Hello, you're very welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty, and today we're talking about Mare Nostrum and Alba Synchrotron. Now, don't worry if you understand exactly zero of what I've just said. Bear with us and all will be revealed. Those are, in fact, the names of two of Catalonia's leading high-tech scientific research facilities, a supercomputer and a particle accelerator. Today, we'll be finding out how they both work and, importantly, what they're used for, from trying to predict the effects of climate change to detecting how the coronavirus interacts with cells. With me for today's episode, I'm delighted to welcome back Gifre Jordan. Hello, Gifre. Yeah, hi, Lorcan. Thanks for having me. And it's a pleasure to have on Filling the Sink for the very first time, Chenia Palau. Hi, Chenia. Hi, Lorcan. How are you? I'm good. Now, folks, we'll get into the nitty gritty of spintronics and petaflops now in a moment. But first, the names that I mentioned at the start there, Mari Nostrum and Alba Synchrotron, what do they both mean? So Marinostrum literally means in Latin, uh, our sea, and it was used in Romantic times uh, to refer to the Meridian Sea. And this, uh, the Marinostrum is not only named like this for the location, because it's uh, right next to the Mediterranean Sea, but because it represents the great power of this computer, the computer of the Barcelona Supercomputing Center. Yeah, and ALBA uh, stands for dawn in Catalan. It's a bit literary word. You even use it in everyday language. But uh, So it doesn't stand for like a laser beam something or anything? It's just, no, no, it's, it's just, just dawn. Just dawn. And, and, well, and it's a name for woman in Catalan, actually. ALBA is a, is a very common name. Uh, so the relationship between this and the synchrotron is light, actually, because synchrotron is a type of light, light of synchrotron. And, and ALBA means when light starts. Yeah. So, so it, it is sunrise. To the, the sunrise, the light. So, so that's what it's to do. Okay, it's a nice name. But uh, synchrotron there you mentioned, you're going to have to explain that one for us too. What, what, what exactly is this? I'm such an expert <laughs> in, this, in this issue. <laughs> uh, now, I'm, I mean, I went to synchrotron ALBA um, earlier this week and yeah, there I saw what it was. They, they, they told me what it was, what they do. Basically, a synchrotron is a facility with a giant loop. I think it's 85 meters of diameter where electrons are accelerated to the speed of light or almost the speed of light. And, you know, with all this energy generated by accelerating these electrons, you know, lines of X-rays are created. And this light is so useful and so powerful that it enables mm, scientists see things at a very tiny scale, you know? It's like when you break a bone and you've got to get an X-ray to check if it's strained or if it's broken, uh, and they are able to see inside your skin and, and see the state of that bone. So synchrotron, it's the same, but basically at a very tiny scale, you know, so they can see the inside of cells. Yeah. And that's that's what it is. So this, this uh, synchrotron light beams are collected by scientists, they collect samples, they get samples, and then they combine these samples with whatever they, whatever cell they, or whatever matter they want to look into. So that, that's basically what it is. Okay, so you, you might have heard of CERN, for example, um, which is like a particle accelerator. It's not exactly the same thing. In fact, it's very different from a scientific point of view. But in terms of, it's a big circular particle accelerator, at least on that very basic level, it's it's a similar structure in that yeah, sense. And, and they are using some of the same techniques, such as vacuum magnets and so on, 
but for very different purposes. So, so it's got nothing to do. So what kind of projects do they do at the Alba Synchrotron? Mm-hmm. So all sorts of projects. I mean, we're, we're talking about medical projects, radiology, biology, electronics, chemistry, material science. So all sorts of things, for instance, to look into you know, diseases that are not solved yet, like Alzheimer's, also COVID, actually. So, so uh, Synchrotron is collaborating with a center called CSIC uh, in Spain, which is looking into cells that, are, that have been infected by COVID-19. And, you know, Alba's director, Katarina Viscari, told me that Synchrotron has been able to, to visualize these cells in one of the best resolutions in the planet, you know. Actually, Synchrotron Alba is the only one in Catalonia, um, the only Synchrotron in Catalonia across Spain, and the biggest in the Mediterranean also. So it's a very powerful facility. It attracts all sorts of different projects. And you mentioned to me one earlier, which was a, a little bit more unusual. Yeah, indeed. I mean, one of the scientists there told me that, uh, you know, This can be used for medical reasons and others, but also, for instance, for cultural heritage. For instance, uh, some stained glass windows were uh, analyzed in Synchrotron to see why they were degrading. Modernist stained glass windows are degrading. They don't know why. Uh, You gave them an (laughs) X-ray? Yeah, they gave them an X-ray of of the Synchrotron light, and they managed to to know a little bit more about it. Some uh, company just... Uh, wanted to check whether um, some uh, jamón ibérico, some Iberian ham, was really Iberian, was that fine quality, or it was, you know, some fake. And and they allowed them to to yeah. do it, of course. And you know, in a, in a more serious uh, scale, we can also talk about other projects such as a future lab or beamline. They call labs beamlines. Yeah, so, the, so so like it's a big circle in the middle, but they've got these beamlines that come off at tangents. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it is. So so th- these beamlines, what what they do is to pick a little bit of, of this light that is running all the time. And one of the future beamlines will be in collaboration with the European Space Agency. And the project is to build like a massive telescope and to use... Uh, mirrors in a satellite to 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 look into black holes. Right. So, 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 so really everything from Hamon Iberical to black holes. Anything, so. yeah. For instance, batteries for electric cars. Also, they are looking into other materials. Now, uh, batteries are made of made out of uh, lithium, but they are looking uh, into other materials because lithium is we don't have much lithium in the earth, so we need others. We need um, cheaper uh, materials also, so that electric cars are cheaper also. So, you know, the director of the center of Alba told me that Synchrotron Alba is looking into 21st century problems, you know, climate change, health, and, and stuff like this, sustainability. So, yeah. yeah. And, and this week, Gifre, you went along to the facility to see what it was like. Um, it was, was amazing. Yeah. It was incredible. So you can imagine a circle of building, of course, because this is a loop. It's just outside Barcelona, is it? Yes. Yeah, it's just next to the UAB, the Autonomous University of Barcelona, outside Barcelona in Sardanello Valles, in a technological park there. And, you know, you've got to hear my experience there. Right, okay, let's take a listen. Traveling at the speed of light, can you imagine? That was something unfathomable until science came up with synchrotrons 
these giant microscopes that generate X-ray beams, accelerating electrons to look into the inside of cells. I wasn't fully aware of the extent of ALBA when I reached Sardaniola Lovales' number 2 light street. By the way, yes, a convenient address for the synchrotron. But from the first moment, the passion of all the scientists in the facility and their ability to talk to non-insiders like me was inspiring. Salvador Ferrer, a scientific expert who's been working at the synchrotron ever since it was created in 2004, told me how it has evolved. When we started, that was a kind of desert, you know, there was nothing, it was a, no knowledge at all. And now you have here in this place many, many skilled people. We talked on the building's central walkway, offering the most privileged scene, the magnificent ring that was just below us, hosting super-accelerated electrons illuminating the tunnel and also casting light on scientists' enigmas. Synchrotron Alba has eight labs or beam lines from where researchers get samples of these X-rays and use them for the matter they want to analyze. Its beamline is specialized in one technique. There are three sections, biology, magnetism and electronic structure. So this beamline is called NCD Street Beamline and it's a beamline devoted for uh, scattering experiments. Here we have the beamline, we have the X-rays that are coming and here we put our sample. We can put the sample uh, here in different uh, kind of uh, systems. So we can heat it up, we can stretch it, we can apply an electrical field, we can do whatever we want to our sample. But what sort of materials do they play with? We can uh, investigate polymers, like plastics, what is happening to the plastic when we stretch it, for instance, like a glove for the hospitals. Or we can uh, investigate uh, skin, so real skin samples that can have cancer cells. Eduardo Solano works with this beamline full-time, and his job involves helping and working with researchers from other centers who ask to carry out experiments at ALBA. Actually, any public institution can use the facility for free if their proposal is accepted, while private firms, including pharmaceuticals, pay around 500 euro per hour for the privilege. Scientists, 40% of whom come from abroad, normally spend just a few days at the synchrotron and go away with observations that can be key for their research. Julian Steele from KU Leuven University in Belgium had just arrived that morning. He wanted to look into energy materials, including storing electricity through solar cells. This particular setup is uh, state-of-the-art, it's very modern and the particular problems that I want to solve, it's actually uh, very, very powerful, very useful. So it's no wonder that Salvador believes that synchrotron means a lot for Catalonia. Well, this is a signature of a developed country, you know. I mean, any, any developed country has things like that. If you have a country that there is some basic research going on, you need a machine like that because some measurements, you need them to be done here, you know. A disk at 1,000 degrees Celsius and 90,000 volts of electricity are enough to isolate these electrons. Then it's time to accelerate them at a speed close to the speed of light. These tiny particles are capable of enlightening this unique circular building, but the memes of progress coming out of ALBA contribute to illuminate much more. Global research. We heard from Eduardo Solano, Gillian Steele, and Salvador Farré. Our thanks to everyone at Alba Synchrotron. 
And I mean, they do so many projects there. They're just looking through their website at a few recent ones. Alzheimer's research, agri-food. Uh, they're looking at the origin of calcium in human bones. Absolutely everything. It's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And, and and people don't know about it in here. People know about They do CERN. now. They do now because everyone's listening to this podcast. So thanks, listeners. But people know about CERN. It's very famous. But Synchrotron Albo, which is around the corner, is not, it's not as famous in here in Catalonia you yeah. know so, and yeah. another uh, facility that obviously we mentioned at the start of the program is the Barcelona Supercomputing Center uh, Jenny tell us a little bit about this so it is a public research center and most importantly is the national supercomputing center in Spain uh, the project uh, the greatest Thing that they have is Mare Nostrum, Mare Nostrum. which is mm. uh, the, the most powerful supercomputer in Spain. And the setting of this is quite unusual, isn't it? Because I, I read somewhere that, okay, not only is it really powerful, but it's also the most beautiful supercomputer in the world because, okay, we're in Barcelona by the sea, all this beautiful architecture. And of course, the supercomputer here isn't buried in some basement. It's in the middle of a church, you know. Yeah, it is built up in a church and it is part from the UPC uh, University. So in here we have a kind of religion uh, mixed up with uh, science. That's why it was used as the setting for one of Dan Brown's novels, obviously because of this mix. Yeah, I saw that. That's kind of funny. And what, what kind of research do they do there? So I think first things first, uh, to understand how Marian Nostrum works, uh, we can uh, explain like this. So it is a computer that works as a simulator. So uh, these all stored data can be uh, used to create unique situations. So, for instance, they are trying to create new materials, like simulating, but uh, they are trying to find, for instance, um, new materials that can replace the polluting ones. Mm -hmm. So, to find new ones uh, to create a more sustainable planet. But then they have uh, also other ones that can make simulations to predict the weather. So, you, cannot, you can't avoid uh, you know, a volcano's eruption, but you can inform the population in order to save lives, for instance. Yeah, I, I know. I was looking through at some of the top supercomputers around the world, and loads of them are run by meteorological organizations. And you think, oh, what, are we really that desperate to know just what the weather's going to be like tomorrow? But of course, no, it's about making long-term predictions. It's about climate change. And these are really important yeah, right. kind of yeah. issues today. The supercomputer itself it's not, you know, it's not like it's not like a home computer. It's it's much bigger and has wires everywhere and like flashing lights. And it, it reminds me of the Matrix and stuff. But it's but it's real research that's going on yeah. there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. The thing is that obviously they are fighting, for instance, uh, for the COVID pandemic. So uh, they are, for instance, comparing genomes. Uh, of different types of coronavirus in order to understand how the virus is transmitted. And on the other hand, they are finding which molecules are the best ones to stop the COVID-19. So the vaccines will be uh, better in the future than uh, the ones that we have already. And so far, we've had four Maranostrums. Uh, every kind of few years, they've updated it. And uh, there's a fifth one that they're making at the minute. Yeah, the first one was in 2004 and the latest one was in 2017. Uh, so in 2019, Marinostrum became part of an European project, uh, which is the European High Performance 
computing joint undertaking uh, in which EU members uh, take part of this uh, supercomputing project in which uh, they involve their uh, own supercomputers in order to explore new technologies to uh, have future better, uh, in the future, better uh, supercomputers in order to help people in many ways as we, we, we saw. And, and the thing is, like, uh, there's so much investment in these that goes on in the US, that goes on in Japan and in China. Uh, so I think the EU has obviously decided, OK, well, we need yeah, to invest actually, in this too. Actually, it was uh, the highest EU investment in research infrastructure in Spain. About 100 million euros were supposed to be invested. Wow. Uh, My Nostrum 5 uh, was aimed to be one of the world's, well, it, it is to be one of the uh, world's most powerful machines uh, mm. in the world. So um, it cost 200 million euros to construct it and 1.5 million euros annually to power it and cool it. Keep it cool. And um, tell us a bit about Mara Nostrum 5. What makes it so good? Uh, can you put it into some kind of context that we can understand? So um, Mara Nostrum 5 will be able to operate at 200 petaflops per second. Petaflops, great word. Yeah. Don't know what it means. But so, uh, <laughs> makes sense. It, it sounds, sounds you know, high tech. Yeah, so to match what one petaflop computer system can do in just one second, you have to imagine that you will have to perform one calculation every second for 31 million years. Yeah, it's better that we get a computer to do it, yeah. I think. But I mean, I'm pretty fast at yeah, mental you, calculation. You, you, yeah. faster, I, will, you think? I will take 30 million <laughs> years, not, not, not 31, I think. And also to compare it with the latest versions, it is uh, 70 times more powerful than the fourth one and 10,000 times more than Mario Nostrum 1. That is incredible, which came out, what, in the early 2000s, you said? Yeah, 2004. So it was meant actually to have been launched already, but um, there's been a delay. Yeah, Minostrum 5 was aimed to operate in 2021, so this year. Uh, but sources, we have talked uh, with them this week, and they say that because of the pandemic and because bureaucracy, um, the launch date has been delayed. Okay. When Mari Nostrum does get up and running, uh, the director of Barcelona Supercomputing Centre says he wants it to be the messy of supercomputing. Obviously, everything in Barcelona has to be the messy of something. This is the messy of podcasts, I'm going to say as well. Indeed, indeed it is. Um, <laughs> now, the thing about these two research facilities is they're obviously very important for Catalonia and indeed Spain in terms of economically, and especially because the brain drain is a big factor here. People that have a lot of qualifications but can't find work. Yeah, that's that's a drama actually because you've been investing this public money on on, on having you know these profiles of people who can make uh, you know high standards research, but yeah. then when it They've comes done to degrees, masters, yeah. doctorates, maybe postdocs, and then but, but then when they when it comes to them delivering, they have to go. You know, they have to go. Uh, why is that? Well, um, there's been like a long-term uh, claim that there's not enough public investment in, in R&D. And actually, we checked the, the, the figures, and, and actually, that's true. Uh, for you to have an idea, so Catalonia is spending 1.45% of its GDP in R&D. In research and development, yeah. Yeah, research and development. That is well below the EU average at 218%. Actually, Spain is even 
more, you know, bottom of the rankings at 124% of GDP. So, and, you know, what, what is most surprising for me is that in the past 10 years, if you compare the 2008 and 2019 figures, Catalonia has been investing fewer percentage of GDP. So, yeah, this needs to change urgently. Otherwise, you know, uh, there's this brain drain. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, looking at the figures there for different countries, like some of those countries at the top of the rankings in Europe, Denmark, Belgium, Finland, Germany, Austria have four to five times as much investment per person than Spain. And just a few figures to show how important these facilities are, not just in terms of retaining talent, but attracting international talent. In Barcelona's supercomputing centre, one in three of the scientists and staff there are from abroad, from 53 different countries, in fact. And similarly, with the synchrotron, 40% of the researchers are from abroad as well. So it really just shows you the importance of these facilities. Time now for our Catalan phrase. Tina, it's your first week here, so falls on you. What's it this week? Paciencia es la mara de la ciencia. La paciencia es la mara de la ciencia? Well, I can actually work that one out. Patience is the mother of science. We don't actually have that expression in English, but it's nice. Patience is a virtue, I think you would say in English. Yeah, uh, it literally means that you need to be patient in order to achieve uh, your purposes and goals uh, properly. Yeah, no, not only on science, but on any yeah. field, you know, you would say the sentence, mm-hmm. not only when in a lap, you know, but yeah. at any time. And then the people in Barcelona Supercomputing Center waiting for Mario Nostra 5. It's been a bit delayed, we could say. La paciencia es la mara de la ciencia. And that's us for today. Thanks to everyone again at the Alba Synchrotron and thanks also to Barcelona Supercomputing Centre for talking to us. Thanks, Tania. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you, Gifre. Yeah, a pleasure. A pleasure to share this podcast with Shania for the first time. Thanks as well to you for listening, of course. Uh, we're back again with another episode of Filling the Sync next Saturday. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss that. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adeo.